Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, 877-973-7425. We got a lot to talk about this hour, but I got to tell you again, if you're just tuning in, we're raising money for the Salvation Army nationwide. Uh, it started off as a project we're going to do just in the Atlanta area, and uh, the the National Army got wind of it and said, can we do it nationwide since you're on nationwide now? And I, I was hesitant to ask because uh, being a radio conservative radio show host these days, a lot of people are keep you at arm's length, but they didn't hesitate. Uh, they said, we have people in every zip code in the country where, that we can help, uh, so please let's do it nationwide. So if you're willing, every dollar, every single penny that you donate will go to help someone get a gas card or a card for groceries if they can't afford it right now. Uh, CNBC says that uh, uh, the average American is going to now pay $5,000 more this year for gasoline than they did last year. And that means that's 5000 less for groceries or bills or mortgage or you name it. it. People are struggling. So if you can help, and you all have been so generous, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I really am overwhelmed. Uh, we've exceeded the goal we set, and we're going to increase it because uh, we're going to mention this again tomorrow as well. I, I'm genuinely floored and so appreciative to all. I really am. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. A text donate to 33777, and thank you all very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Text donate to 33777. I, I want to move on. Now, you'll forgive me. Uh I don't have raw partisan politics per se at this moment. I mentioned this briefly yesterday, and I actually wanted to spend a little more time on this. I am trying to grow the radio show. That's not what this is about. Um, and and be more nationwide. We've been picking up stations. We've got stations now in Illinois, Ohio, Oklahoma, Florida, not just Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. Oregon, uh, more coming, and uh, I had really wanted to get in a position to hire a friend of mine. He was kind of burnt out on teaching, and would really want Charlie to focus on the business side of stuff and and let Thomas be the call screener. And it didn't work out, uh, but he has decided to leave teaching. He's a wonderful guy. I've gotten to know him over the last number of years. Took him with me to Las Vegas last year. We had a lot of fun, and he's just a, a great, great, genuinely good person. And he's walking out the door on teaching. He's burnt out on it. He's had enough. He's done it for 12 years. Um, I have heard from a number of teachers who are good people who are just flat out tired. Particularly, actually, I've noticed this trend of friends of mine in private schools who are leaving teaching that they're unhappy in their private schools. They've gone woke uh, and they're 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 tired of putting up with it. They're tired of putting up with uh, entitled rich kids in the private schools who have decided that they're going to pick their own pronouns and the administrations of these schools and telling them to grow the heck up are humoring the kids and in some cases covering up for the kids from the parents and they're just they're tired of it they're tired of of dealing with the bureaucracy and the daily grind they're getting out of teaching. I've, I've got friends of mine in public schools who are doing it as well. And frankly, in the economy right now, there are, I know a number of people who are either moving schools or dropping out because they commute to the school they want to teach at and they can't afford to keep doing it. They're actually not making money. They're losing money because of gas prices. It is a tough job. It is in part a tough job because 
a lot of teachers, particularly I'm talking public school teachers, are now glorified babysitters who are taking kids from broken homes and are told you must educate this kid and they can't even feed the kid. You can't get the kid to, to think about their homework when they're, they're struggling to eat. It's a terrible situation. And I know so many good teachers, and listen, I'm one of the people who criticizes schools all the time, but I know so many good teachers who are burnt out on caring. They have done everything they can and they are dealing with just a fallen world situation and they are exhausted and they get a few months off. And, you know, I used to think that, oh, well, yeah, teacher, you know, they, they, they get paid for, they work three, they, they get off two, two and a half, three months and they still get paid, but actually, you know, they're paid for nine months or so, even though their paycheck is spread out over 12. So it's, it's reduced pay but they'll work this summer. Some of them will take part-time jobs. Some of them will spend their out-of-pocket money to get their classroom ready for next year. Every single teacher I know, I don't know that I know a teacher who doesn't spend money on their own for their classroom. And so I say all of this here at the end of the year, my kids have a week left in school and and y'all should know I'm going to take off week after night. I'll be here next week. We got the 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 primary in Georgia, among other things. Um, I'll, there's a lot of news next week, and then the week after, my kids get out next week, and then you have Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start of summer, and then my birthday is the first week of June, and I'm going to take the week off and be with my family because I have been a really terrible husband and father these last few months. I've been so focused on this job and y'all. And I love y'all, but um, I didn't swear before Almighty God to uh, love and honor you people. I did that to my wife, and, and she has been uh, put on the back burner these last few months while I've been focused on my career, and I need to take my family to the beach, and I need to break myself. But a lot of you are in my situation where you got kids who are headed into summer. You're going to be home. They're going to be doing something. We've got our daughter has signed up for a summer camp at Georgia Tech. Our son, we don't know what we're going to do. He wants to, we both want to take golf lessons. I'm going to get my golf lessons taken. He wants golf lessons. I want to do something with him. If I have the money to take him on a trip, uh, go somewhere with him, build some memories. But I want to just spend a moment on the school aspect. This has been an unusual year for a lot of people because it started still with some schools shut down, locked down in masks, uh, going remote. And then by the end of the year, for most Americans in red states, not blue states, but red states, it turned back into a normal year. Last year, our kids' school was masks the whole year. This year started and it went back to normal. The one thing that they changed, though, is they were very lenient on absences. We actually at our kids' school had a big meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago where they brought in all the parents and said, look, we've been lax on absences this year, but next year we're going back to the pre-COVID rules. Um, You can only miss so many days. Uh, You you need an excuse. Your kids can't walk out of school in the middle of the day to go have lunch with you. Uh, We're getting rigorous again. We've kind of lowered our guard and been a little lax because of COVID. We got to boost the standards again. Kids are getting, getting lazy and good for them. Good for them uh, cracking the whip. 
I just I wanted to say this because I just mentioned it uh, briefly yesterday and I had a number of teachers who listen to the program text me and, and say thank you. And I wanted to tell them again, I understand that we've had a lot of conversations this year about schools going woke and a lot of activists who are teachers indoctrinating kids. And that happens not in just blue states and big urban areas, but it happens around the country. It happens in, in small towns and big. I remember when I was in high school, had a, the principal of my high school, Newton Matthews, uh, I worked, I was, I was the nerd. Listen, y'all, I'd gone to school overseas and I got to college and my college biology book was the biology book I'd used in eighth grade in Dubai. And so I'm in high school and I've taken all these classes. I had spoken French for years. They got me in a French class where basically I'm the teacher. Cause we had this little, little guy. He really was a midget and uh, he disappeared and they needed somebody to teach the French class. When he was gone, nobody understood what was going on. And, and half the time I would teach the French class. And then my biology teacher would put everybody down for a test and then say, you go dissect the frog in the back. And so half the time I just worked in the office and kind of ran the joint. I, I was king for a day almost. It was a lot of fun. Um, but I remember I was in the office with the principal one day and we had this young guy. He had come in. He was a Teach for America teacher. He was from Boston. Young guy. All the girls loved the guy. He was young guy from Boston, had the Yankee accent. And he was very upset, very upset. He had discovered that there would be a minister saying a prayer at graduation. And did we not know the Supreme Court had said, you are not allowed to do that. This was midnight, 93. Yeah, 93 I graduated. And he was very upset that at my high school graduation, one of the kids' dads was a minister, and the guy was going to come pray. And now you need to understand, I'm in rural Louisiana, rural. There are I lived in a town with no stoplights, none, not even a Dollar General. It was rural. We had 2,000 people, and that included the middle patients at the state mental hospital, which was in the town. Small town, Louisiana, small and this Yankee from Boston with Teach for America, college educated, comes down and tells us that one of my friend's dads who's a preacher can't say a prayer at our graduation. And I'll never forget the principal looked at me. And he said, well, Eric, you don't happen to be a Supreme Court justice, do you? <laughs> I said, no, Mr. Matthews, I'm not. I said, Mr. Matthews, are you a Supreme Court justice? He said, no, I'm not. Then he looked at the band teacher and he says, I guess that settles it. Ain't got no Supreme Court here. <laughs> and my friend's dad said the prayer at graduation and the band teacher did nothing. But that's what you deal with in this country these days. And it's gotten worse. That was rural Louisiana in the 90s. And it's what we deal with now. And... <coughs> It's gotten worse. It has. And a lot of teachers get a lot of unfair blame. And so thank you if you're a teacher. You're headed into the summer. Some of you are headed into new careers. And I thank you so much for what you've done for my kids and so many other kids and the inspiration so many of you have been. 
and I should point out that there are terrible teachers in this country and we should not do for them what so many have done for the police and say the exceptions are the rule because they're not. The rule is a lot of people, mostly overwhelmingly women, take low-paid jobs inside classrooms to make our future better. And I thank them. And as for those of you who are seniors, and I realize most of you are in school right now, unless you're skipping, you're not going to hear this. But you're wondering, what do you do next? Maybe you're off to college. Most of you probably are off to college. A lot of you may be to community college, vocational training, or you're going straight into the workforce. Here is what I know. Every person on planet Earth has a unique path. No two stories are the same. Some of you listening right now are identical twins. And you and your twin will head in different places in life. You will find different people to marry and raise different families. You will have to come to conclusions about the way you see the world. And you'll have to live your life with your worldview. Mine is a Christian worldview. I believe there's a heaven and a hell and a final day. You may not. What I do know, however is that you should not be dismissive of the wisdom of ages past. And too often, our society's our greatest sin is that we are unwilling to appreciate that those who came before us, however flawed they are, might have been wiser than us because they moved at a slower pace and they saw things more clearly than we do now. Society is almost like static. There's so much noise out there. They didn't have it. What I know is that you will live somewhere, you will move somewhere, and you will have longings and you will have desires and you will have impatience and frustration. Some of you will experience tragedy. Some of you will experience success. But every single one of you is going to try to find your place. And if I can give you just one piece of advice, it's this. Your place is where you wind up. And it is to be a part of that community wherever you are. And it is to make that place the best place. And if you can do that and be mindful of the people around you and be willing to, to be good neighbors with people with whom you disagree, you will have actually improved our nation as a whole better than all of the people, including me, who spend all the time wondering about Washington, D.C., because you'll actually be finding a way to improve the lives of those around you. And you can do better by improving the lives of those around you in your immediate community than you can by trying to change the world. You can't change the world, but you can change your community. And then everyone working to change their communities together does change the world for the better. And you do that on the shoulders of the giants in the classrooms who guided you through to the finish line called teachers who will spend three months trying to forget you and learn the names of the next class before they get back to it all over again. And the wheel turns again. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know, I used to have a great business sense and love to invest and it just got overwhelming and I've been looking to get back into it. And y'all, I have tried the different companies. Y'all know the companies I'm talking about out there. And I settled on SoFi for a lot of reasons. And now I'm actually happy to tell you about them as a podcast advertiser. I'm happy they came on board because I came on board them before this and I 
I really like it. And one of the reasons I like it is because it's gotten so complicated with all the jargon out there. You got meme stocks, altcoin, you got shilling for different stocks. You don't know who you can trust. Uh, with SoFi, you can actually get into investing stocks, ETFs, crypto, retirement planning. You get all the IRA options, whether SEP, traditional, or Roth. You don't get commissions on trading stocks and ETFs. You get no account fees or hidden fees. You can use fractional shares that start as low as $5 to buy brand name stocks. Even if you don't have a couple thousand dollars lying around, you can get started for cheap with SoFi putting your money in and watching it grow over time. Now listen, you get hands-on with active investing. You can let SoFi's number one ranked automated investing tool, their robo-advisor, take the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio. They've got it all there. It's easy to use. I've been using it. I love the interface. It's intuitive. If I can do it, you can can do it. Cut through the jargon. Make investing easy with SoFi. Go to SoFi.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SoFi.com slash Eric, S-O-F-I.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Wow. A reporter actually just sent me a picture from a Purdue rally. 11 people present at a David Purdue rally. Um, my gosh. Um, and if you want a perspective on that, a buddy of mine is actually at a rally for uh, Brian Kemp in Waynesboro, Georgia. Now, for those of you who don't know where the Waynesboro, Georgia is, it is a tiny town, tiny town. Uh, about an hour south of Augusta, Georgia. And they got 40 people um, at this event, and it hasn't started yet. My goodness. All right. Um, to the phones we go. I got some time here. 877-973-7425. Greg, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Just wanted to share an idea with you. I uh, heard your announcement about the Salvation Army link mm-hmm. for gifting for people who are in need right now. And uh, coincidentally, today I noticed I got a message from my bank that I had a deposit from the state of Georgia for these kind of tax refund windfalls where people are getting an extra 250 or $500 mm-hmm. for their tax rebate that Governor Kemp has provided for us. And I thought, well, you know, so for your listeners in Georgia, they may want to consider giving part or all of that windfall to the Salvation Army to help the cause that we were promoting earlier. Well, you know, that's that's actually a really good idea, and I totally forgot about it. I, and I'm looking in, in my bank account. I, I hadn't gotten any of this, but I think I'm going to have to vote for Purdue now. <laughs> <laughs> um, that That's actually a great idea, Greg. I appreciate it, those who can. Uh, but nationwide, y'all, uh, the Salvation Army is literally helping in every corner of the country. You name the zip code, whether it's it's the 50 domestic uh, states or Puerto Rico, they, they have offices and they're helping. And there are so many Americans who cannot make ends meet right now and cover the cost of their family because of the economic situation. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying not to be partisan if you listen to me on this, although I got strong views on it. But forget my views. Just there are people who are really hurting right now, and they could use your help. And if you're willing and able, please text DONATE 
to 33777 right now. Text the word donate to 33777. And uh, I will send you back a link to the Salvation Army page we've set up. We have exceeded the goal we started. We weren't sure what we can do. We're going to raise the goal because money just keeps flowing in. Uh, 15 or 30 minutes ago, we had crossed 50,000. We've crossed 60,000. Uh, there are just so many people struggling right now. I, I mentioned earlier, I saw on a list of, of uh, foreclosures that somebody in my neighborhood who I know who um, had a good job, they, they lost their job and, and they just got another job, but they're going to lose their house. And I think they're working. I'm going to have to reach out to them. But um, gosh, if you can help, help. Text donate to 33777. And if you need help, reach out to the Salvation Army. I'm going to take your phone calls when we come back. 877-973-7425. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show. And the phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program I want to go to the phones. Uh, I want to start with Teresa. Welcome to the program. Hey there. Oh, I just loved your story about the uh, the prayer. <laughs> yeah. Situation. <laughs> and I just had an a, a observation that uh, if the president can say you're in our prayers, the people are in Nancy Pelosi can lead members of Congress the prayer you know, on their knees in the rotunda of Congress, why can't uh, someone have a prayer at their graduation? Yeah, I, look, I agree with you, and, and I think the Supreme Court has kind of been dumb on this one, um, and, and hopefully <laughs> they'll revise it. So the, the law says that if the kids want to do it themselves, the kids are allowed to do it, but the, the, it can't be the, the school pushing them into doing it. Um but if schools have gone overboard and, and block even the kids from doing it in some cases. Uh, Y'all, this is one of the, the, the frustrations I have with the homogeneity, I guess, of, of our system, our beliefs today, our system of government and stuff, is we are a heterogeneous country. That means we are, we are a deeply diverse country. We are a country of regions, a country of states, a country of, of uh, regions within states. In my state, I live in the geographic center of the state. Three hours north of me are mountains. Three hours east of me is the beach. Three hours west of me is Alabama. And three hours south of me is Florida man. Um, it is, if I, the barbecue variations in where I live are completely different. Between north and south, east and west, the barbecue sauces are different, and uh, every community should be allowed to make up its own standard for living. And if you don't like it, move. Instead of imposing having one person the impose their standards on everyone else, you got a a a community filled with people who go to church, and the one atheist can shut down everything they do in their school. Why? That should not be the case. It makes no sense. You're no longer a country that respects democracy or the majority. And what's so amazing to me is that the people on the left who are upset with this are the ones who scream all the time about how the small states can control the big states through the Senate. It was the way the country was built, where we are supposed to um, be regional in our world outlook. 
We are. And the the fact that the left wants to impose itself, and now they're melting down over the thought that they can anymore, is striking to me. Now, back to the phones we go. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I'm so disappointed right now in local politics. I could almost scream. Um, Stu Hickson is running for Georgia House District 20. And his opponent, who I've met with a few times and actually liked decently as a politician, went to run for state senator and decided, oh, that's too complicated, too tough for me. I'm going to get back. And basically came back to the House race that she had encouraged Stu Hickson and Lynn Saunders to run in. And now she's the incumbent on the ballot. And uh, I just think that's dirty. Dirty Look, politics have a place um, better. I, this, you know, this is this was Madison Cawthorn's problem in North Carolina, and it's one of the reasons Cawthorn lost is they redrew the districts in North Carolina. Cawthorn decided he wanted to represent more of the Charlotte, North Carolina area, uh, so he announced he was leaving his race. Uh, Chuck Green got into the race along with several other people. And then Cawthorn decided uh, after a Supreme Court hearing in North Carolina, the, the the lines were moved back. It was a less favorable district for him. He said, oh, no, I'm getting back into my old seat now. Well, all these other people had gotten into the race, and they said, look, we're not getting out just because you can't decide where you want to run. And, and he got beat. He got beat. You know, I, for those of you in Georgia, have my list of candidates uh, that I'm supporting. Um, and I, I guess I'll run through them for you. But if you want the list, if you text the word uh, data to 33777, I'll give you the, the list. But just so you have them, uh, I voted for Latham Sadler in the Senate. I Look, I expect Herschel to win, and, and I think he'll win the general, but I really like Latham. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp, Lieutenant Governor Butch Miller. Uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, Attorney General Chris Carr, Commissioner of Agriculture Tyler Harper, Commissioner of Insurance John King, State School Superintendent Richard Woods, Commissioner of Labor Bruce Thompson. Y'all go vote for Bruce Thompson. I'm telling you, that man, he is a God-fearing man, and he will be so good at that job. Uh, Public Service Commissioner District 2 Tim Eccles, District 3 Fitz Johnson. There are some Supreme Court and, and Court of Appeals races. If you're in Georgia on the ballot, they're at the back. You better stick around and vote for Verda Colvin because she's got this crazy woman running against her, and it, it, you do not want the, her opponent. The woman is just, I have practiced law against this woman. I mean, Democrats and Republicans alike are like, please, everybody, go vote for Verda Colvin. Do it. House District 1 in Georgia, Buddy Carter, District 2, Jeremy Hunt, District 3, Drew Ferguson, District 4, doesn't matter, it's going to be a Democrat, District 5, doesn't matter, it's going to be a Democrat, District 6, Rich McCormick, District 7, it's going to be Democrat, District 8, Austin Scott, 9, Andrew Clyde, 10, David Curry, District 10, vote for David Curry, good, good dude, um, he, he's, he's striving to get into the runoff there, if you are in District 10, Vote for David Curry. That is the the North Central Jody Heiss had been in that seat. Vote for David Curry. District 11, Barry Loudermilk, 12, Rick Allen, uh, 13 is going to be a Democrat, 14, Jennifer Strahan. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene's seat. She's probably going to win, but vote for Jennifer Strahan. Uh, and then on, there are some, some state house and state senate races there. If you text data to 33777, you can uh, see the whole list. You can get the whole voter guide for the state house and the state senate as well. I don't have names in all of them, but um, I've gotten a lot of angry emails about Brad Raffensperger. And I got to tell you this. I love Jody Heiss. Uh, Jody Heiss is a prayer warrior for me. He is a friend of mine. I consider him a friend. 
Um, I just don't think Raffensperger has done anything wrong. I think uh, he's been smeared. He's been defamed. He's been lied about. But he's been a good Secretary of State. And I love Jody. I wish he were staying in Congress. It's a terrible thing to have to choose between him and Brad. But I don't think Brad's done anything worth firing him over. I know some of you think that he's worth firing, but all of the accusations against him don't hold water under examination. He is not a good people person, and he's not a great campaigner. He's an engineer. With a, Married into a family of engineers, I, 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 I totally understand it. But y'all, um, I, 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 I hate having to, to not choose Jody because I love the, I dearly, I love the man. Um, when he first ran, I rallied behind him and I would love to do it now, but I don't see that it's worth firing Raffensperger. He's actually done a very good job and all I, people email, what about this? What about that? What about this? He didn't do any of that stuff. He didn't enter a consent decree. People think he did. It's just that so many people have lied about the man. I feel bad for him. As someone who did corporate law for a while, I can tell you how much he's improved the systems of the Secretary of State's office. Raffensperger deserves your vote. So does Butch Miller for Lieutenant Governor. Uh, he's the president pro tem right now. He's trusted by his Senate colleagues on both sides. He's kept the wheels turning. Uh, he's a good dude. Um, I like the guy. Brian Kemp, of course, as well. You can text uh, data to 33777, see the list. But that's not what I want to talk to you about right now. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I played for you the clip earlier from the chairman of Goldman Sachs. I want you to listen to this one more time. This is the chairman of Goldman Sachs, the CEO, rather, of Goldman Sachs. Contract. So when clients call you and say, okay, so what, what's the next 18 months look like in you, from your perspective, the House view, the David Solomon view? What does it look like? Are we in a recession? Well, the, the, House, view, the House view is slowing economic activity, higher rates, and probably a 30% chance of recession as you look forward over the next 12 to 24 months. What I would say, and that's, that's our research, you know, right. our research point of view, what I would say when I'm advising clients is we're going to tighten economic conditions. It's going to have an impact on a number of things in your business that are hard to predict. You have to be thinking about your risk appetite. You have to be thinking about your planning. You have to think about the fact that we probably at some point, that there's a reasonable chance at some point that we have a recession or we have you know, very, very slow sluggish growth. And so start preparing for that, start thinking about that. That doesn't mean that that's definitely gonna happen. But certainly I think that if you're running a significant enterprise, you have to be looking through a lens with a little bit more caution right now than you might've been when we were sitting here a year ago. You do, it very much appears we're headed to a recession. And right now, one in four Americans is struggling to make ends meet. 25% of the country right now is in seriously dire straits. And there's an aspect to this that I wanna, I, I, I've talked about it with some of the Salvation Army folks, but let me just go straight after it. Let me attack the issue at hand. A lot of people can't admit they need help. Whether it's an, someone with an addiction or someone who has had really good times and now doesn't, and they don't want their neighbors to know, and they're struggling. They want to keep up happy appearances. You know, social media makes this worse on everybody. We see all the, the well-curated lives on social media, and it's all BS. Uh, people are miserable. I try to live my messy life authentically on Instagram so people can see, yeah, there is a guy who is a slob and burns his food. Um, 
most of what you see on Instagram is curated. And, and that, not, in addition to driving you to despair because you think everybody else has a better life, you don't want to acknowledge when you're on hard times and, and you need help. And sometimes you have to swallow your pride so you don't starve or your kids don't starve or you don't run out of gas on the side of the road on your way to work. The Salvation Army wants to help you. You can do it confidentially. You don't have to uh, put a big flag out in front of your house and say the Salvation Army bailed me out this month. They just want to help. Some of you are struggling right now and you don't know how you're going to be able to feed yourself or your kids. Or if you're feeding your family, you're not going to be able to put gas in your car because gas is so expensive. Or you're going to have to not pay your mortgage this month and, and hope for the best or fall behind on your rent or your car payment and the Salvation Army can help. And I'm asking you as my listeners, if you need help, please reach out to your local Salvation Army. And if you don't need help and you've got some money where you can be charitable to others, please consider helping. If you text the word donate to 33777, I'm going to send you back a link. And if you click the link, it takes you to a portal. You'll see my beautiful face, a face for radio and a voice for print. It'll be all right there. And you can donate. You can donate five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, 10,000, whatever you can donate. If you work for a business and your business wants to help, please direct them there as well. Uh, we've exceeded the goal we set and we're going to raise the goal. Y'all are being so generous, but there are so many people in America today who are struggling, who haven't struggled before. We're seeing inflation at a 40 year high. Gas prices are at record highs. Food prices, if you can find food, are higher than they've been in 40 years. Then there's the baby formula shortage. People are just really struggling right now. And we've gotten so private and so insular. We don't know our neighbors. We don't know who to reach for. We don't know who to turn to. We don't have church communities. A lot of us don't even have family networks or friend networks that we can rely on when we're struggling. Or we do and we don't want to be a burden to them or we're ashamed to ask. Or we, 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 we're on hard times. The Salvation Army can help, but the Salvation Army depends on you and me who are able to help them help others to do it. I've donated and I'm asking you to donate if you're willing to donate to help. Uh, we, we haven't seen this in this country in a very long time. In fact, most of us alive now haven't seen what's going on economically right now when you take everything into consideration beyond the Carter era stuff. And there are some of us who have been very blessed. And I, you know, I pray all the time, like I want to grow in my career. I want more money. And I really don't just want money for the sake of money. I want to be able to be generous to my family and friends. Like when I have people come over, friends come over on Sunday nights, I buy the really expensive bourbon and cigars, not because I want it, but because I know I can afford to buy the stuff that my friends can't. And so I make sure they can smoke the nice cigars and drink the nice bourbon. It's something I can do for them just to give them a respite from a crummy week on my front porch and help them kind of forget the the struggles of the week and, and help them game out and talk about the upcoming week and, and just provide a, a relaxing place to be. And I try to be generous with my friends and I I, I frankly pray for, for more is so that I can be even more generous and, and I can help and I have stepped up to help. And those of you who can't help, I pray that you will help those people who can. And those of you who are on hard times, please, we want to help you. We are given our money. Text DONATE to 33777 if you can. And if you really need the help, 
The Salvation Army is there to help you cover your gas, cover your groceries, help you with your bills, help you with your rent or your mortgage. That that is why they exist. And they were kind enough to work with me nationwide, wherever you're listening to me right now. The Salvation Army it has an office where they can help you in every zip code in this country. Text DONATE to 33777 if you can to help. And if you need help, reach out to the Salvation Army. One of the great groups that is so generous in giving to charitable causes and to the conservative movement is Patriot Mobile. They're Christians and conservatives. They kind of wear it on their sleeve in their giving. They give a portion of their profits to good causes, the pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, charitable causes, conservative causes. They need you as a uh, user of their services and as a customer of theirs so that they can grow their profits to grow their giving. If you're interested, they've got great service, 5G, data, voice, you name it. they got great service around the country. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. What you do is you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Tell them I sent you, and uh, they can give you great service, uh, and they can give you a free activation with my name, and they can give you good discounts. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. If you want to talk to someone on the phone about it, you call 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, and again, you get free activation, and then they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you, as someone who's a conservative or as a Christian, you care about. Patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Um, I we will we will do a lot of hard news tomorrow. There's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about today that I didn't get to uh, as we're working with the Salvation Army. And thank you all again. And please, we're going to keep this up for another 24 hours. The you, you'll be able to donate through the weekend as well uh, if you text donate to three three seven seven seven. We're y'all are so generous. I, I I don't know what to say other than thank you. I'm just I'm kind of overwhelmed. Y'all have been so great about this. Um, Record early voting turnout in Georgia. Y'all need to know about this uh, because if you'll recall, Major League Baseball moved its all-star game in 2021 out of the state of Georgia because Stacey Abrams convinced them that Georgia was going to suppress the vote with his voter ID law. And it's it's a voting law, and yet we have record early voting turnout in Georgia. Turns out, as Georgia said it was going to do, it streamlined the process for early voting and made it easier. You never heard that from the national press, and you're not going to hear corrections from the national press. Only Fox News will even touch the truth here that it is now easier to vote in Georgia than it's ever been. It's more streamlined process. And if you've got a state photo ID, which you have to have to vote, it makes it easier for you to vote because instead of having to worry about signature challenges, you put your driver's license or state ID number on your ballot and you're good to go. It's absurd to me that we're in a situation like this where Stacey Abrams got away with lying about uh, voting in Georgia. What it is, is is a mythology being built to explain her loss in 2022. So she will yet again be allowed to not concede the race and the left, including the White House press secretary, can yet again say, oh, well, it was stolen from her. It was a stolen election. No, she'll have lost. Georgia's made it easier to vote. But uh, why let facts stand in the way of a narrative? Now, Thank you again for your generosity. Sincerely, I I am absolutely overwhelmed 
with all of you, the power of this microphone to be able to generate a, a lot of people loving their neighbors. Uh, and please do consider, if you haven't, text the word DONATE to 33777. Uh, give what you can, however little or however much. Just text the word DONATE to 33777. I will be back here tomorrow with you guys. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, is going to join me on air tomorrow.